Welcome to the World of Koth, the Players Podcast, where we discuss old-school role-playing from the player's perspective. I'm Legitimate Mustard, I play Ferrum, and I'm here tonight with... Kel Ronan, and I play the forgetful gnome known as Urkel. And I'm Vig, and I'm the existential, ecclesiastical, egotistical elf. And I am Gus, and I play Mira, who is a druid thief. Exploding Kitten, and I play Evelyn, the Ranger Cleric. Awesome. Uh, so a quick recap of our last session. The party was kind of hanging... Well, the party had uh, been given kind of a, an ultimatum by the sheriff, and so we accepted that, and we hung out at the constable's house until late at night. Um, while we were waiting for that, uh, Ferrum went to see Vigar, uh, told him... Vigar's in bad shape, told him that he needs to uh, either fight death or give up, and the choice is his. Um, we went to, the party left for Grayton's Freehold, which is where um, we were sent to, to secure some assistance for the oncoming invasion of Riverwatch. Uh, so we left to go to Grayton's Freehold after the inn had closed, and we saw that as we were leaving town, we saw that the hunters were coming back to town with a body. One of the huntsmen was uh, wearing horns of some sort. Um, so we sent Briona in to investigate. She didn't really see a whole lot, but later Jazz confirmed through meditation somehow that I don't understand that what we saw was that a kingdom soldier was brought back, a dead kingdom soldier. The body was burned in the lodge, and then the evidence was buried behind the lodge. And then uh, a bucket of meat or like meat pieces and blood was given to the fishermen in some chum buckets. Um, not sure what that means or where it came from either, but it's probably bad. Um, the party found an ambush site along the cart path on the way to Grayton's Freehold, and on investigating that ambush site, there was an attack. Um, eventually, we were able to kill three broken axe mercenaries. And uh, we found some dead scouts from the Freehold. We continued on. We arrived at the Freehold. And we recognized that there were almost no soldier soldiers at the Freehold. And that it isn't the secure place that um, it had been described to us as. Um, Lord Grayton is 80 years old and he's confined to his bed. Lady Grayton is a former Sage of Anor, but not really a Sage of Anor. Um, she put on a brave face in front of the people of the Freehold, but once she was in private, she asked the party to kind of handle the situation. And, um, that's kind of where we, where we left off. Um, any comments on any of that so far? I mean, I kind of feel like we're in a bad place right now <laughs> as a group because we're stuck with all of these people coming at us. Um, but I feel like we're forming a good plan to try to get out ourselves out of it. 
Yep. So right now there's, um, I think that, uh, hold on just a sec, I'll check. Um, we think that there are maybe a dozen scouts from uh, the Kingdom of Vithyr, maybe from the Broken Axe mercenaries on this side of the river. Um, there's a, a party of 30 or 50 goblins in, in dwarven armor that are also on this side of the river and headed towards the Freehold. And then behind that is a main body of 200 to 400 um, soldiers, probably from uh, Vithyr, um, that are coming towards the Freehold, we think. And um, the Freehold has 30 militiamen. We were told that maybe there were 100, maybe more than 100. Um, and the Freehold is not the, the place that we were, we were told that it was. So this, is, this could be a really bad situation. Um, and we've kind of been told to handle it because the Freehold can't. Has anyone considered the fact that we've been set up? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and that we were set up here by the mayor? Yeah, but also, I mean, the mayor, the town is probably in bad shape as well. If that many people are coming across the river, I don't know that they can stand up to that. In fact, I'm relatively certain they can't. I'm pretty sure oh. if the mayor wanted to help, they would have would have not sent us away to see some keep in the middle of nowhere two days away uh, that basically contains all the people she hates. Unless the, unless the ma- mayor has sided with Bithyr, and we're a problem. That could because be. Because we represent other things. So what perfect way to get rid of us, we have sided with the rebels. We refuse to be arrested. And then her daughter dead. gets killed with us? There doesn't seem to be much love lost there. Not a whole lot, but still their family, right? No. I don't think family is really too relevant. It would be for Ferrum, uh, but he's a dwarf, and maybe things are different for that. Yes. So I kind of feel like there's like two schools of that. So I think that either the bear doesn't like us and sent us to a place to potentially get killed, or she thinks that we can actually have an impact on this town and rescue them. So I guess I'm kind of wondering, like, what do you guys think about that? So I'm a little I bit... Don't... Oh, go ahead. I personally don't believe that the mayor is against us. She's kind of just in a desperate situation to save her town and stay in power. Yes, these are. Okay, so sounds like um, Evelyn exploding kitten. So you think that she sent us here to save the town? Exactly. And she believes that there are resources here that she could have come to the village. She just needs somebody else to convince the people she hates to come get us and help. Correct. That's what I think too. Yeah. Um, So I think it's been 30 years maybe since um, the mayor has seen the freehold. That's my assumption. Um, So she may have no idea what the condition of the freehold actually is. I think that that's (laughs) probable. Um, And I think that it's probably been at least 10 years since uh, Green Eye has been to the Freehold. So she may also have, she, this may be all very new and interesting to her as well. 
Um, so do you feel like do you feel like she's under the impression that the city is in a place that it used to be but is no longer? Like uh like it used to be this really nice city, but now it's kinda like fallen apart and fallen to all of these other outside forces. I th- I think that she has no idea what was there and had expected something else. Um, I don't know that for sure. Um, but here's another thing that's kind of interesting. This place, the the uh, River Watch and um, this Freehold, they're kind of out here by themselves. And there is a really large... Um, there's a really large Kingdom of Vithyr fort quite nearby that has like 12,000 soldiers in it. Um, why would the, king, uh, the Coalition of Free Cities leave this pla- these two places out here kind of by themselves? Doesn't that seem questionable? They're, were they left here or... Are they viewed... They're viewed as the trading point and center between Vithyr and the Coalition of Free Cities. So it makes sense for them to be there. This is considered the neutral trading hub. That's the impression that I got. That makes sense. They have agreements and alignments. Normally you would not have uh, a kingdom you don't trust going back into your general area. You would take them into a controlled area. And that's what I think Riverwatch basically is. It's a centralized trading area and in fact I believe the mayor uh, not just insinuated but stated as such yeah I I think that that makes sense Um, it kind of is interesting that the coalition of free cities wouldn't do a better job of um, providing security for this area if if the kingdom of Ithir does and it appears that they are you know making um, some aggressive I, movements against this area, wouldn't they provide better security? Or do they do not have a, the resources? It's a, I would say, A, they don't have the resources. And even if they did, I don't think they would because it's a coalition. Which means you would have to have someone coordinating from all of these cities, which means each of the cities would now have to basically allow control to someone else, if we look at that. So as a coalition, they're viewing everyone equal. So... I'm not surprised they have not put in a defense force because A, I don't think they have the resources or they're not willing to basically subsidize create a that. kingdom under one. Yeah, create so, a kingdom under one. Yeah, because then they kind of have think... to subsidize the, the security for each individual place. And mm-hmm. I, I get that. Go, go ahead. Oh, I actually think that uh, it's because... Now, my character had a little bit of background on who Grayton was, Lord Grayton was, with Evelyn together. Um, and Grayton was such a such a fantastical figure in the past that you know 60 years ago he was granted this land and given um given materials to build his keep as a deterrent to vithyr charging in but that's a thing too but but it's interesting to me that this grayton who was you know a symbol of of power in the area has allowed this keep to be degraded to such a point. Um, Ferrum, Ferrum sees this keep as uh, it's less secure than a dwarven farmstead. You know, um, it's it's a pathetic place as far as security is concerned. And from his his mind, it's um, 
it's a criminal irresponsibility, criminally irresponsible act to have allowed it to to get to this point um, in his mind. Now he has a skewed perspective of things based on being a dwarf and being a soldier and all of those things, but that's kind of where his mindset is. And I think that's really interesting. They did really put a lot of pressure on Grayton, and then they sort of left him to do his own devices, despite him seemingly being counted on as the front line of defense for the entirety of the coalition, I, or a first, I, or at least a first response. I think he got put in his place by the sages of Anor, and that's why this is so rough, rough place. Well, that could be. Oh, you mean after they after he stole away one of their yeah, ah. and, I'm, and I'm pretty sure the sages made sure that this was maintained in a decrepit state would never grow as punishment. Hmm. Interesting. I hadn't thought about that perspective. That's that's an interesting perspective on it. Sages are not really forgiving if you steal. And basically an acolyte in training because there's not that many of them. Yeah, and she may have not... I mean, generally, people who have training from the sages have specialized knowledge already, or access to specialized knowledge that you won't be able to get otherwise. Yeah, and they are not happy when they're, shall we say, taken away and prevented from continuing. Interesting. That's That's a really interesting thought. Did Gus have something to add? Um, I was just thinking, okay, so I started watching Legend of Korra on Netflix last night. I know it's super out of the blue, but um, what I got from that is when you have somebody that um, has been taking care of a city for a really long time, sometimes they get really uh, complacent in their role and they're, um, they don't want to change or... Uh, reflect what's going on and uh, maybe that's what happened to this town is that they got stuck in what happened in the past and they're not able to change with the future that's absolutely a thing Um, that's something that um, contemporary militaries have to deal with um, is that um, it's not good to say that um whatever the situation is, is good enough. It's the right way to think about things is, all right, we've achieved this. Now we need to continue improving, continuous improvements, um, all the time, always training, always thinking about, about, um, the next, the next situation or possible situation. So you can be prepared for it. It's entirely possible that, um, Grayton may be just an arrogant guy. You know, it may have been, well, I'm so powerful, no one's gonna no one's gonna come up against me and just kind of allowed things to degrade to this point. That's totally a possibility. Or he's also maybe like a little power hungry and he doesn't want somebody else coming in and telling him how to do things, so he's gonna do things the way he's always done them. That could certainly be too, yeah. I think Vig had the right of it. Vig, what was your take on Lord Grayton? He had a stroke, you think? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's physically unable to, and there's no one left in charge. However, he's physically unable to, but has there has to be maintained the impression 
that he is. Right. And that was something that the lady um, had kind of uh, alluded to. She kind of was very careful about how she spoke in front of the people of the Freehold, but spoke very differently once she was in private with the party. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, part of the plan that Ferrum has kind of been working on on a plan, uh, it's kind of outlined roughly right now, but uh, one of the things that Ferrum put into the plan was that one of the party members would wear Lord Grayton's armor and be visible on on, uh, the tower um, so that the people of the Freehold would see their their um, their leader and would be because they have a they seem to have a lot of confidence in his ability and his strength and so to see their leader so, out there would be you know so everyone has made a comment about how run down the Freehold is how indefensible it is how it's fallen apart that way I think you're all wrong why you're assuming that that's important. Because that's the mindset of everyone here. You're primed for battle. We're here for battle. Therefore, everything must be built for battle and protection. Look at these people. It's the beginning of winter. They have all supplies. and The fields are done. They have extra supplies. The smithy is stocked. The orchards are impeccably kept. These are people that value food, farm, family, and everything else. These are not people that value fighting. Everyone in this party is judging them by the fact that they have not created a strong military fortification. Look at everything else. Everything else is well above what they need, well taken care of. Military is not important to them. The Dwarven perspective would say that you're incorrect, and the reason is is that first you would first you would build your outer walls, and then you would bring your resources inside those walls. And then, you know, you would protect the resources that you need to survive and the resources that you need to to prosper inside the walls of your security. Um, they may not what, see that, but you, you could be right. But but the Dwarven perspective would say that's wrong. And, and uh, as an elf, they're totally right. And also that's why dwarves live under rocks. Yeah. I, th- <laughs> I think you make an excellent point, Big. For real. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I think so, too. Yeah. I think that's my character. My character would would totally agree with you. the The fact that it's indefensible really doesn't matter as much, except mm-hmm. that this is an outpost of the. I mean, like not an outpost of the free cities. Let's clarify that it is one of the free cities, right? But right, it was intended to be here and Grayton placed here with these resources in order to be a deterrent. Grayton, who was warning. a Grayton, who was a military a military leader, right? Who has yeah. not been capable of doing anything military for years. Right, yes. But the place initially was a military, or was meant to be thought of as a military post, right? And once a military post, look at what happened to the Romans also, and anyone who's uh, been, you know, going back to ours. Once what are you all had, the towns? Yeah, go ahead, sorry, what, I shouldn't have interrupted. Once you have families and settlements, you move from the pure military standpoint. It becomes secondary, especially... When you're in an area of, well, other than periodic wild animals, there has not been invasions for generations because they were cleared out. So why should we worry about it? It's, it's to be honest, if you don't have that, military defenses are a waste of resources because they don't contribute to enhancement of life, procreation of children, maintaining those. They are a waste of resources. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 
the other concern, the other point that I have that we'd bring up here is that um, Riverwatch and Graydon's Freehold have an agreement um, for mutual protection. Mm -hmm. And it would seem to me that um, the Freehold is now um, incapable of uh, fulfilling their end of that agreement. I think they fully fulfilled their end of that agreement because I think the Freehold provides Riverwatch with um, cotton, um, substance, probably food, mutton, significant amount from their farm fields. And in return for that financial transaction, Riverwatch provides the protection. It's Absolutely. I think they fulfill. Opposite, though. It's not a trade agreement. It's a, um, it's a protection agreement. And, and? Greyhold, so? or Grayson's Freehold was meant to provide protection to uh, Riverwatch. And so Grayson's Freehold is no longer able to provide that protection. Therefore, they are in, um, they're incapable of fulfilling their end of the bargain. I think it morphed over time. They're part of the agreement is to provide food and sustenance. But they have a treaty. So? So they're, they're not Since when do politicians treaty. follow treaties if they can be changed <laughs> to points of convenience and to meet things that are most applicable? That's probably a good point. Uh, <laughs> I just think it's interesting that... Scarily. Um, I think it's interesting that... Uh, they would allow this to happen, but you know there are lots of reasons why. I feel like if they had a treaty like that and they should be protected, they're clearly not being protected like they should be. So, is a treaty mute? Sounds like it's totally void at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And Which, then at this point, they should, you know, that's what we're trying to prepare for is to protect the town. I think the town is kind of a lost cause for us at this point. We're cut off from them um, by these forces. There's probably no no chance of us being able to get back there without without having some some serious conflicts um, along the way. And I don't think we're going to be able to get back there. So I think we're kind of stuck. The only the thing we could right do now. is turn it into a Peric victory for them. And that's and... exactly what Ferrum thinks is that it needs to be a symbolic victory. So so here's a question. How do we know for sure the forces on this side of the river threatening us? We don't. Exactly. Slaughtering, slaughtering citizens of this freehold? Um, we don't know the forces. We, we have met one small party. That was it? Yeah. Oh, so we're trusting, we're trusting not only because Brian said that she didn't even see anybody. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So we're just yeah. trusting that ranger right. and the fact that they've lost other parties. So it could yes. be that these people are here to or already know of us and have us set up for some other strange test or trap. <laughs> it's possible. I think that I I don't think that that's the case based on or at least that the, the lady of uh, Lady Greyhold, uh, Grayton, um, isn't aware of that, if that's the case. Um I would imagine that she's not aware of that at this point, but could be. We have, we have a Riverwatch Ranger here who should be able to bring in any forces that we need. Possibly. Uh, <laughs> Evelyn's pretty low on the chain for the River Wardens. She's not going to be able to call in a bunch of them, and plus we're over three days away 
from Karak. So we would have to send somebody out now. Three days, they get the le- message. Then it takes them three more days to come back. Petter's got a war horse that can take Evelyn and Petter really fast there for resource- reinforcements. Really fast and through probably about every anything. That's true. Just saying. And it's possible that we could hold them off and make them try to attack us for long enough uh, while not not sustaining heavy damage ourselves for long enough for those people to get back. Well, here's the thing. Because it's a three-day run, right? Yeah, but it would be uh, it would be less for, for Petter's Horse. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know that they're going to come to the Freehold. They might just go to yeah. Riverwatch because if they're, if they're you know, making aggressive actions, they might just go to Riverwatch because they've had scouts. They know that there's nothing in uh, the Freehold. It would be pretty easy. Now, the DM did say that um, they've been cycling people on the walls so that it looks like there's more people, but the, real, the reality is that um, you could watch the guards. You could count. It would be easy enough mm-hmm. to to uh to do that that's something that that's something that they train privates how to do in contemporary militaries so um and and everyone here seems to be forgetting one thing if these people this freehold has lost as many people as it has lost shouldn't they be stressed you would think again i think that's really related to lord grayton's image if you haven't seen him for a long time, wouldn't you lose faith in him? Mm-hmm. Like, you can I only would. say he's preparing for battle so long. I would wonder if he's even, like, able to do anything. Mm-hmm. You would Somebody think so. else <laughs> must be acting behind him and being his voice. And mm-hmm. I feel like maybe we should try to and see who that person is. It's possible it's his wife. You know, it's she, most likely really great. Sure. She has some magical abilities. Um, they're a little bit limited, but she does have some. She could actually be, you know, kind of playing the puppet master there. And mm-hmm. she may be smart. She's she was a sage of Anner, so we know that she's at least at least somewhat intelligent. Um, she may be kind of, um, you know, propping him up and and uh, pulling the strings and you know doing all of those things to to. Uh, keep her place as well, you know. I feel, I feel like my other question then is she better leader than him potentially? Oh, mm-hmm. by no means, I think. Okay. Except as a people okay. leader, yeah, except she as might a, be as militarily, a maybe uh, not. Oh he's, no, he's definitely not militarily. She's kind of admitted that, but I think okay. she's a far better leader because militarily, she realized militarily this would be a waste of resources. She has ensured that the people are stocked up in food. They are ready to survive any winter. They are comfortable. The things that supply them resources are well taken care of. She has seen what the needs of these people are and for the years has addressed it. I think she's a really good leader. I think that she's also Dick, recognized when she when she doesn't have the skills needed for the situation. And she's and that she, makes her a better leader. That makes her a better leader, well. yeah. Yes, exactly. Not to mention, let's say if a hundred of these people attacked us, we're on a second floor smithy. Okay, come on. We have fire next to us that they can't run into. They can't get up the stairs. We have pitch. We have tar. We have arrows. We have nets. We have spikes. We could raid holy hellfire and everything else around them as we put nails and spikes on the ground around the second floor smithy. They couldn't touch us. All they have to do is set the smithy on fire. 
it's stone. They wouldn't even get close. Just take away everything that's combustible underneath. It, it's not stone. So this is stone. It's not. I thought it was stone. The base floor is, but the second story isn't. And neither are any of the walls. It's a really okay, poorly so ba- constructed place. <laughs> so the base is stone. They still have to get fired up to us on the second floor. Be damn hard. I don't. I don't think it'd be that hard, but... There's also a huge blind spot at the base of the hill. So the way that this uh, space is constructed is that there's a there's a low stone wall. Uh, inside the low stone wall is a, an orchard that's pretty significant. That orchard makes a ring around the the um, the keep. Um, at the at the inside edge of the orchard, a hill starts and that goes up to the palisade, the wooden palisade around the keep um, or the hold. Um, so it's a wooden palisade with a with like a, a palisade has a, a walkway around the the top of it for guards or archers or that sort of thing to to stand on and be able to see over, but they're not able to see directly down without leaning out over the palisade. Um, so that what that means is that there's a blind spot from directly below the wall out to about the edge of the the um, the orchard. So there's a big blind spot. It'd be difficult for a anyone on the palisade to see people moving through the the orchard and as soon as they get through the orchard they're then in the blind spot so there's some tactical issues with the construction of this place um the dm let us know that this was from a module uh he found it to be quite comical um in its construction because of these issues um i find it to be a little bit comical as well but (laughs) so here's my other point we don't have any negative against soldiers of Vithyr. Why are we planning to fight? We are... We're defending ourselves. Why? Like. No, we're not. We're no, not. not. No. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. They they might be. Uh, the, the free cities might be, but we're not necessarily. No we're one's after us. Free cities. No one's after us. We have... We could sit down and invite them for tea. The only thing that's that's counter to that is that we were um, we have actually killed some some uh, merchants from Vithyr. Uh so Vithyr may actually want to bring us back to the king or to the city of Vithyr to stand trial for that. Um, so mm-hmm. you know maybe that's that's a thing we might be uh, held for for trial. But the other thing is that because of that um, that little um, situation with um, someone shooting someone on a boat in the middle of the night, um, we have some liabilities in the uh, king, or in the coalition of free cities, and because of that, we are a little bit beholden to the mayor specifically, and that's why we're not in jail right now. And so, because of that, we have some. Um, that liability is what's making this happen, I guess. But We are beholden to the mayor to ensure that this freehold is not destroyed. Is that correct? Yes. Well, that's what she's asking for of us. Yes. No, she actually specifically asked of us to return with soldiers from this freehold. That's correct. That's what yeah. she specifically asked for us. So specifically, we're not beholden to the mayor to defend this freehold. Exactly. So why are we planning to? Specifically, we refer, we're beholden to the mayor because if we don't, she just turns us over to Carrick, and Carrick t- 
turns us over to Vithyr in order to we, make sure that the negotiations don't break down just because of us. Correct. So, so let's look at this. We try to defend this place with what they have. Everyone dies. Therefore, we can't bring back any soldiers to defend Riverwatch, as the mayor said. So we're in, we're reneged on our deal, and she turned us over. We grab some soldiers, bring them back. This place gets overrun. We've met our deal. I don't think we can get back. I think that we're cut off at this point, so I think that option's out. But I think that's the reason why we need to look at um, defending from this place. And that's Ferrum, Ferrum's thought here is that if we can affect a symbolic victory, even if it goes really poorly for the people of Grayton's Freehold, if we can affect enough of a victory or, or do enough damage that the Kingdom of Ithir says, wow, maybe it's not a good idea to attack that place, at least right now, then that's enough. Because that's essentially the same thing that Lord Grayton, that's the same symbol that he's been. Um, if we can kind of reinforce that, then that's a victory. Not a great victory. A lot of people probably die. It's probably real bad. But I think it accomplishes the goal. Just I think in a really even negative better, way. more accurately, we make it a Pyrrhic victory for Vithyr. So Vithyr commits their... commits. It's not even their troops that they're committing. They're committing the Broken Axe company. And that's the other thing. They're not going to be as disciplined. They're not going to be as well-trained. They're not going to be as... Um, sit down and talk as Vithyr is. And as a result, we can probably route them. At least if we use tactics. And if we can't route them, we make it a Peric victory for them by blowing up the smithy and, well, blowing up the entire area with powderized car, uh, coal. Yep. Yeah, I think that's about it. It's not a great situation um, at all. I think we have a river warden and a druid that will be viewed as having basically authority over here and can talk this whole thing out. If Maybe. we could get a hold of actual Vithian vithier forces yeah if we could actually talk to their commanders yes but these aren't even vithier so, uh, soldiers they're at the far back lines where leadership tends to be <laughs> they won't be well, involved in this i feel like there's the opportunity to do so we should take it but if not then i like the fact that like the group is preparing for the worst Ooh, you know what we could do send our ranger and brian to the back lines and try to get to the head. I know, split the party. Smart good idea, right? Yeah. Try to get to the head <laughs> and try to get the um, the leadership to call the forces back and mm -hmm. say, hey, this is a bad idea. You shouldn't do this. It's certainly an option. I don't know if it would so work. Question. It's scary. But... So once you get to the leadership way in the back though and they're already attacking how long would it take for them to like stop the whole thing i mean i feel like it's not going to be instant or like it's it's certainly not going to be immediate yeah that's that's absolutely especially if it's the especially if it's the forces that are less disciplined yeah yeah definitely mm -hmm. out of the resources we have what traps can we lay out to like put on the cart path to like slow down troops Nails. <laughs> spikes. Nails and spikes, yep. Um, 
we have a whole bunch of, well, not a whole bunch, but we have cattle and sheep inside the freehold. We can set up a choke point at the road that goes up to the, the freehold. Um, we can do that by cutting some of the trees of the orchard, um, create a choke point, and then stampede the cattle down the road as the forces get there. That's an option. We can do the same with the, the sheep, although it won't be as effective, but still could be something. Um, we have lots of things, lots of heavy things, lots of things that can be sharp or on fire that we can throw over the walls into the blind spots. That's always an option. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, we need to have a, uh, another option to fall back. One of the things I really think is silly about um, this kind of an outpost sort of thing is that there's no fallback position. You There's a threat. You go inside the walls, and that's as far as you can get away from the threat. You're inside the walls. There's no fallback position for these kind of places, and that's tactically really dumb. So um, we need to have a plan for that. It's a farming community. It's not intended to be defensible. I know, but I mean historically. Well, it didn't start out like that, though. (laughs) And it did not start out like that. Um, Go ahead, Mira. We do have... I'm pretty sure Jazz mentioned a moat. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of like trying to get through things. Is that like a thing? We can't we build do? a moat. In because of you. Because of you, we do kind of have a moat. Here's the thing. Druids can cast Entangle. Okay. Yep. And there is There's a an huge orchard. piece of woods. All the way around this thing. All right. Sounds good. Yep. And if Mira can figure out how to cast Entangle in a way that it shapes according to the orchard... Could be amazing. Could be. Well, there are things there. Do it's not a moat, though. Not a moat, and we're, it's on a. It's a. This place is on a hill, so everything slopes away from it. So a moat's okay. slightly problematic. It would be really cool if it could, but I don't know that we're going to be able to do that. We well, are, we're just going to fire. We're, we're just going to give our ranger burning arrows and say, "Kill." Yeah, you have everybody arrows and shoot at everything that moves outside. And slings and bend nails, uh, bend two nails together. Come on, we're just going to drop shape. a fi- we're just going to drop a fishing net and tots tots uh, burning tar on them. Yep. Let's face it. As they get close, and we're going to watch their sc- listen to their screams of anguish and agony, and it will be divine. Well, if we do have overhangs, that would work. But if we don't have overhangs, that doesn't really work. Because we'd be sapping our own defenses. We can fling them out onto the hillside yeah. below, but we'd have to. I think we only have one fishing net, so we'll have to cut that up into pieces so we can have multiples and that sort of thing. But why, if they come in in one big one big clump and funnel them, just toss it down on them? It would be stupid of them to come in in one big clump. They would know better than that. <laughs> they were hobgoblins. They would know better. <laughs> they would not know any better. Oh no, they're goblins. You're right. They're, they're not goblins. Hobgoblins. They won't know any better. Like charge at the front. Yeah, other goblins, humans, and dwarves, right? So yes. you, they would send in the goblins first. Uh, maybe dwarves. The goblins. I'm not sure end. that there actually are dwarves, but there could be. Yeah, the goblins would test our defenses. Yep, and, and then there would be other react to the it. first set. Yeah, if we act, I, react to the first attack, we can't. We we will be done for. So we can't really super react with the first attack. Right. We can toss. We can make a a soap solution and toss it on the goblins and force them to have a bath because they we do have bad. a lot of soap yes we <laughs> should we need to use a lot of soap even if we cover the hill in soap bubbles we have It'd soap and we have we have soap and we have torch oil would that really deter them though Ooh. 
<laughs> we're on a hill. We could cover the hill in slippery, slippery soap and watch them slide down. Come on. Oh, okay. probably fire easy. trap. Oh, yeah. yeah. We can do that, too. Yep. Hey, we are 10 minutes over at this point, so I think we need to wrap this up. Um, is there any quick comments before before we do so that you want to want to get in here? Or any any things that you we haven't covered that you really want to want to hit? Can, do you think we have the necessary knowledge to build hang gliders and fly out? Uh, roll for intelligence check? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't. Roll a d104. Random. I don't know. You know, so, so we, here's what I like. We have our little dragon that makes a little place for us to go to. I like the original suggestion. We just go back to our nice little Fay Glen with the dragon, and we stay back there for four to six weeks or two months. Relax, enjoy, collect a suntan, come back a year later, and see what's burned. That's always an option. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, that's all I've got for the World of Cloth Players podcast for tonight. Thanks to everybody for hanging out. We'll talk again in a week. Good night, everybody. Good night.